0: Susan Templin's in the studio. How are you, Susie?
1: I'm good. It, it is windy out there.
0: Is it? I, I noticed you're sort of, you know, you want to be looking for a brush. You got that wild, swept away look about you.
1: <laughs> hey, we're on radio. It doesn't matter if <laughs> my a, hair is a mess.
0: Yes, like my <laughs> face. And and you're offside. Is here? What was her name again? Christina. I, well, she's there. She was gonna. She's giving me a wave. I can't mm-hmm. see her on the other side of the monitor, but she's uh, obviously does a great job with you.
1: Well, I've stolen Christina from, uh-huh. from the Hawkesbury Gazette a few months ago, so she's a fairly new team member and, okay. and we're keeping her very busy.
0: Right, and Kim's not too jealous, your other assistant? Kim's
1: <laughs> doing a wonderful job. As she You does. know, Kim is still um, looking after lots of NDIS issues, Centrelink yes, issues. can imagine. Um, they don't... S- yeah, they, listen, you don't come to my office to have a cushy afternoon, that's for sure. No, bring
0: your own biscuits. <laughs> right, aged care, let's kick off there.
1: Yeah, look, I had Anthony Albanese, the leader of the opposition, yes. out this
0: morning. Yes, Albo.
1: Albo was out in Richmond. I'd asked him to come out uh, to meet with the relatives. Of uh, they're so local residents who have a relative in aged care, right and we had a number of um, aged care facilities represented uh, in from the area, and so, someone might have had their husband in there or their partner. Um, or their mum or their dad and what they were able to do was really give just a little bit of insight into some of the challenges or the positive things about what they're experiencing but there were some common themes that came up um, you know right now aged care facilities you've got the, the profit ones that are there to make a profit yes some are even listed on the stock exchange and then Wouldn't you've got yeah then you've got those that are not-for-profit Um but the same standards apply to them to them all. Right. The problem is there's no transparency. I think it's something like $800 billion, No, look, I'm going to make this number up. It's a massive amount of money goes to aged care providers, but they are not accountable. They don't have to explain oh, yes, exactly, exactly how I've, they spend I've, it.
0: Yes, I found that out, yep.
1: So there's a whole bunch of issues that... that really flow through to what's happening on the ground. Uh, And there are fantastic people working in aged care, but they are terribly stretched, under-resourced. You know, even now there was some training provided. The government asked people to do training uh, but didn't kind of organised for there to be extra time for them to do it. So only a very small proportion of aged care workers have actually done COVID training on how to wear their personal protective equipment, for instance. Hmm. So we've got massive issues. Aged care was already broken before COVID. It was already a mess. Oh, for
0: sure. Well and truly.
1: This has highlighted for a lot of pe- A lot of people didn't realise that and this has highlighted just how broken it is and how important the Royal Commission that we pushed for yes. for a very long time. wow, what's years. going
0: to come out it, this has got to be very damning. I was listening to Bill Shorten's uh, thing on Facebook this morning, it was quite interested in what he had to say about it. Um, yeah. yeah,
1: well look, I missed him this morning because I had Alba with me and then I went straight into an online forum with the Assistant Shadow Aged Care Minister Jed Carney who's in lockdown in Melbourne but she spend an hour with me on facebook answering people's questions and addressing the issues that they raised so you know, it is – I think when I was younger I probably didn't think a lot about aged care, but the minute you've got a grandmother or a parent or a partner in aged yeah. care, you start to see some of the challenges. COVID's yeah. brought it to the light, hasn't it? That's my right. God. Yeah. Well, my dad has had to move into aged care in the last right. couple of months. And it's not a decision you'd make unless you had no choice. No. And, uh, and so my mum made that decision and the family supported her on that – But dad didn't have a phone, and it was, he doesn't know how to use a mobile phone. He's never mastered a little mobile phone. Um, You know, he lost one of his thumbs in a farm accident when he was young, and the top of another finger. So his fingers just don't work on mobile phones. but we were finding, because the visits are so limited, we weren't able to touch base with him every day. And while the staff always say to you, you can phone anytime and we'll take a phone in to him, they are really pushed and it's just not, I didn't, it doesn't feel right to interrupt them just to have a quick five minute chat. Uh, so, so I found online a mobile phone that you put a SIM card in, but it looks like a desk phone. And, right. Dad, it looks just like the phone you've got on your desk. Right. And Dad instantly knew when we set it up and and gave it to him, he instantly knew that when it rang and it rings like a real ringtone, uh, he just picks up the phone and says hello. And that has transformed his day. Wow. Because he, he knows at any time someone might ring mm-hmm. and there's that sense of possibility to it. Yeah. Uh, so but- when I phoned him today, it took four rings for him to answer. And that's unusual. It's usually he's right on it. He's
0: straight on. (laughs) Well, you see on Facebook, these these kids are given this one of those old phones like this one, the old-fashioned ones where you had to, and they wouldn't have a clue what it.
1: (laughs) How you seen that?
0: They don't know the function of them. They're looking at it, and what do we do here? Isn't that sad?
1: well, a- this one is a push button, and but we didn't have any expectations that Dad would make outgoing calls, um, and so it's a phone. Someone's bound to ask you. It's an Ollie Tech phone, right? And I put a five dollar Aldi SIM card in it, which operates off the three G tells, and the phone is a three G one, and mm-hmm. um, so and and then. Uh, and I put a little bit of credit on it, but last three hundred and sixty five days. And I said to Dad, "Look, I've programmed Mum's number in here. if you you know if you want to make a call, this is what you do. We did not expect Dad to kind of retain that information. Right. Sure enough, the other night, so that I gave it to him on the Thursday, on the Friday, they went into lockdown and said, "No more visits for a few weeks until things settled down a bit. So we were locked out, and we still are. Uh, but I'd given him the phone and then a few days later mum picks up the phone one evening and dad's on the phone and he's she says what's wrong and he said I just wanted to hear your voice that's great it's lovely now she had spoken to him a few hours earlier as she does every day but he had obviously looked at the phone and gone I know how to do this I don't know how many buttons he pressed before he got the right one but you know that for us is just this communication between people in it who are in aged care and and, you know outside
0: they can go down really quickly when they haven't got that outside stuff can i ask you how old your father is
1: he's 90 he turned 90 in april um he and he had a he's just had a very rapid physical deterioration right Uh, and my mum's 80 and she couldn't physically uh look after him unfortunately After after a lot of trying, right. so yeah, Dad, we didn't ever expect this. You know, you never really plan for this or hope for it, uh, but we're very lucky that we found a place close to home with beautiful carers. But the thing that is making it much easier now is we know I can call, I can give him a bell, and just to check that in, it might be a two minute phone call, it might be a five minute phone yeah. call, it might be not often. Dad, Dad's good on the short chats. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, uh, look, I think that's the sort of thing we need to think about in aged care. Why can't every person have one of these phones or uh, the Why landline not? is much harder or an MBN phone's harder to have these days just because of the cost for some? Uh, but this was a way of doing it if, you know, it's a lot of peace of mind. For oh, the for you and Mum, and what a what
0: them. a what a great idea! And, yeah. and we can't wait to see what comes out of this royal commission. The n- n- neglect, yeah. um, the you know the uh, the people they've got no uh, no uh, you know responsibility for um, other people. That you know things get stolen. I've heard some horror stories about what happens in old age homes. Corbett's brought it to light. Yeah, uh, and and we'll see. So when does the when it come out? Uh,
1: we're, there's still quite a. F- Quite a bit of time to go. They brought out an interim report, and there's not been any real response to that so far from the government. And, you know, to be fair, COVID has thrown a spanner in the works. And what we really need to see is good planning on how to tackle outbreaks of COVID so that they don't get into aged care, or if they do, they are very swiftly dealt with. I mean, one of the concerning things is for each facility to know where can we send someone who is is found to have COVID, someone who's unwell with COVID or even someone who's diagnosed with right. it, found to have it, is it the local hospitals that they go to. How well are they equipped to look after elderly people? So there's a whole lot of planning questions that, honestly, we should have known the answers to six months ago. Uh, but only now is the government starting to turn its mind to it, and that's because of what the disaster we've seen in Victoria with a shocking number of deaths in yeah. aged
0: care, it's sort of turned around a little bit now. You know, I think Daniel Andrews, I think he's he's done his you know do if you done if you do and if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, he's coming along with a lot of pressure. You know, no, I mean in history, or even prime minister's been through this. No, you know, so well, it's put a lot of pressure. Spanish, we Luke. see we got a couple of security guards got the sack for what they were doing uh, the wrong thing. Yeah. So that was on the other than the last news. So uh, it'll be interesting what comes out of it and Look, what changes we made.
1: Yeah, let's be really clear. Aged care is a federal responsibility. It is f- fully a federal responsibility. Mm. Um, I know. I know in Victoria, Dan Andrews saw a vacuum where the feds were not meeting the their part of well, it's their responsibility. So he did have to go and take some action. Uh, and the lessons that should have been learned from New March in Penrith yes. were learned. Uh, and there are people in this area who lost loved ones in Newmarch or went through hell while COVID took hold of Newmarch. Mm. Uh, and we have to make sure that in New South Wales, we don't, we've got a second chance to learn the lessons and we need to learn them. And the federal government needs to learn those lessons and make sure we don't become a Victoria.
0: For sure. And we're talking about the people who built this country, went to War 4 for this country. And now, you know, we have one of the worst, um, you know, in in the world. Looking out every elderly, you look at other cultures; they just, you know, live to uh, they just idolise them and they yeah. look after from, you know, uh, right till the day they die. But not here; it's it's sad as it gets. Mm. Um, Rodio, I, I went up to Bow Mountain yesterday.
1: Oh, I hope you didn't try and make a phone call.
0: <laughs> well, I, I ran into a tree. I like, turned around, had to go back, right back around. I went up. Gracevale Road, running to a tree so I had to go back up through around Bowen Mountain. But what's wrong with the internet up there?
1: So it's been almost a month that the landline cable, um, there was a cut in it. An independent contractor cut the cable. Now, we don't know who that independent contractor was. Mm-hmm. Although NBN has denied it was them. Uh, and then in the process of fixing that, a second cable cut occurred or or subsequently occurred. You've basically got an entire suburb uh, without phone line and so without landline, which means no phone, no ADSL internet. Right. A few people have a bit of mobile signal that allows them to do texts. A few lucky people can pick up enough signal to be able to do uh, emails and things, but most people have... Next to no communication. Now, you know, it, it took a while before, probably took a week or so before people started to get really um, antsy about why wasn't it being fixed and started coming to me. There has been work, but every day Telstra reports to me what work they've done, and then they found another problem. Uh, you know, I last week I described, or maybe it was this week, I described it as if you wanted to build a bookcase... Every time you needed a new piece of uh, wood or nail or a new, a new um, tool to do the job, you had to go do a trip to Bunnings because that's what it's like. They do one oh, bit, God. then they go, oh, oh, we need an excavator because we haven't serviced these pits for 30 years and they're overgrown. Well, you would have known that if you'd done a bit of planning. So off they go, they get their excavator, but that takes a day or two. So it's been, and then they need an A-frame because guess what? It's steep in Bowen Mountain Very. and when it's wet it's really hard for the heavy equipment. You only have to look at the place to see that that would be the case. So uh, the, I feel so sorry for people trying to run businesses, kids trying to do schoolwork, people who have need emergency, have medical conditions yes. and rely on emergency right. um, phone line or just need to do telehealth because they're, they're they're ill in some way and they're not leaving the home because of the danger. So it's been absolute hell for them Uh, and...
0: Who's held responsible? Who well, can we it's, it's Telstra. Answer? This is Tel- a
1: private company. If oh, you're yeah. a Telstra Same shareholder, it, a lot of us are Telstra shareholders through our super funds. Um, you know, its shareholders need to, need to know that the way, the way you're getting um, dividends into your super is because Telstra is running a business that is so thin on the ground mm. uh, and, you know, your neighbours in Bowen Mountain are paying the price for that. Now, we're told, we were told that it was going to be repaired. We've had lots of the date keeps moving the latest information uh it was to have been potentially yesterday but they discovered late yesterday another cable further down the mountain has had water leakage into it has to be replaced i think from memory it's another 200 meters of cable that's a lot of cable that has Mm. to go in and then all has to everything has to be connected has to be jointed and then connected so now they're talking early next week now the Irony is that many people in Bowen Mountain are going to end up with their NBN connected before this repair is fixed because in the same time frame, NBN became available as of last Monday for some homes and it's progressively, as the week goes on, and I think it'll go into next week, sort of, Extending who can access NBN, so some people have just gone. We're never getting our landline reconnected because now we've got NBN. But but Telstra really has to answer for a failure to maintain its all its pits, um, all its cables. You know, it's really let people down.
0: It has, and and but who they answer? Who, who, does someone keep them the honest?
1: The telecommunications industry ombudsman is uh, certainly reports on them. Uh, the government sets the standards, and there's no, you know, because of the NBN rollout and the Telstra line becomes obsolete for for most people. Uh, there, there just seems to be a lack of will for anyone to hold them to account. So I have I've been on radio talking about it. Uh, the, you know, we we. We can see it's under repair. They claim to be working round the clock. People in Bowen Mountain have said to me, hmm, "I'm not seeing them there at two o'clock in the morning," mm-hmm. uh, but we will just keep on expecting an update every couple of every a couple of times a day, so we can let Bowen Mountain people know just what the progress is. But. If you've been trying, if anyone's been trying to phone someone in Bowen Mountain, they're not ignoring your yeah. call. They're just it's not getting it.
0: Not, not your call. getting it. It's always a story. Yet I, I know I've got a friend up in Vale Road, uh, not far from there, and she's got the NBN, and they were there for weeks. And all of a sudden they've been gone for a month now and nothing. She's got a business up there and still waiting for them to get connected. It's just a dog's breakfast. Yeah, um.
1: yeah. but look, it looks like the NBN connections are going quite well so far. It's very early days. It was forecast to be connected in December, but we've managed to get that brought forward significantly to August. Mm. Uh, so that's a win for us as a community. I've certainly advocated for that. Uh and, I, you know, I think we can take credit for an early connection. The website's still saying December for Bowen Mountain and I'm saying to people, no, 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 I'm looking at your address. You can connect now.
0: You can connect now. You can Not
1: everybody, though. It's a progressive rollout.
0: Oh, okay. Ronnie, it's probably a good thing Parliament opens next week, so you'll give them some there again, will you? Getting close to your leaving time.
1: Yeah, we we have so many questions for the government, you know, on aged care, on the vaccine. You know, there was an announcement yesterday about a vaccine, but actually there hasn't been an agreement signed about a vaccine. There's been an agreement to make an agreement. So, you know you can't say to people we've signed up for a vaccine until it's actually happened Uh, and we can't just have one agreement for a vaccine we need a range of them because we don't know which vaccine is going to be effective and going to get permission to roll out there might be a couple there might just be one so and it's
0: not compulsive
1: well they won't make it compulsory look I think we need to see what the vaccine is, yeah. what the possible side effects are. I think
0: I think the Russians beat us. I'm not sure.
1: Uh, I don't know about <laughs> that. I don't know if I believe what's coming out yeah, of no, Russia. Neither do I. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's until we see it. Let's yes, just reserve yeah, judgment. We'll
0: see if the dogs are still alive. They 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 vaccinate.
1: Yeah, but it, look, it's so we've got two weeks in Canberra. Right. Um, the government, the uh, Speaker of the House, has asked uh, people, backbenchers like me, not to bring staff down to limit the numbers. So right. poor Christina doesn't get to go to Canberra, and I have to cope without her there. Uh, and they've also asked us not to come back on the middle weekend, right? Because they want to reduce the amount of travel that we do and and the chances of us coming back into our communities and coming in contact with anything. Now we've been really lucky, and I'm seeing some great behaviour in the Hawkesbury. We handed out masks at railway stations and supermarkets, right? And people were very keen to wear them uh, at both at Woolies at Richmond and at Windsor. So I think we're seeing Hawkesbury people realising we've been really lucky and we need to do all the right things so that we stay lucky.
0: For sure. Christine oh uh, Susan Temple and Christina, you're offside <laughs> She's putting the hands up there. I know she's oh,
1: saying we've got to go. <laughs> yes, I know she's on to you.
0: So thank you very much for coming in and anytime you any uh, you want to talk about come and see us. Yep, lovely. And to. Um, and we'll you'll we'll get the word out there and hope Bowen Mountain gets back online again. Oh my Don't gosh, make so me do break I. out the old tin cannon strings. Yes, that's
1: right. <laughs> They're a resourceful and resilient bunch, but um, oh well Fires, yeah, they, you know, they the are
0: wind. It's all up there. I've yeah. been up there yesterday.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the other thing we then need to make sure is that even when NBN is there and the landlines are reconnected is that we have decent mobile reception. You know, that's the next thing. Let's fix emergencies, yes. Yeah. So much to do.
0: So much to do. <laughs> again, thank you and looking Pleasure. forward to seeing you guys again. See you later. Okay. Bye bye folks.